Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Spirekin Convention Report, or the Con Report, where we talk about various cons of the year. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjour, and what's up, and reviewing this con for the third time. Oh, this is only my second time. Oh, it's your second time. Uh, I, I had a little mishap last year that prevented me from going. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Where's my stapler? <laughs> yes, uh, Doug Wilder from AnimeCons.tv back again. We're talking about a very fun convention, which was the new successor for the infamous, the horrific anime New York Anime Fest, and we're talking about Anime NYC 2019, which came out November 15th to 17th, 2019, at the Jacob Javits Center, which they redesigned. Mm-hmm. And I've got to say, I'm kind of impressed this year, because we were there the first year where we were able to watch the uh, debut of the second Gundam Thunderbolt film and saw a cool jazz concert and to top it off we showed up on the official Gundam Twitter yep. as the uh, uh, Daryl uh, Lorenz's mechanic crew from uh, Gundam Thunderbolt and that was a missed opportunity this year I should have worn and, and we got and we got retweeted by uh, Otogaki for that which was amazing I, sh- I should have if no when I had the other panel to go to so, I wouldn't have been able to, to do the so I mean we I mean that was and that was one of 2017 was one of the, one of the best convention series experiences I've ever had. so we went in with pretty high expectations and that year was very small the convention was designed weird and you, you, we have a link of the if you look at our show notes we have a link to the first review so you'll hear all the notes so we had a big um, big expectations like you said. And when we got there on Friday, we got there a little late. We didn't get there exactly at 1 when the con opened up. We got there at 1.30, so we missed some stuff. But getting down wasn't bad. It was actually pretty packed. Yeah, it definitely exploded in attendance. I think they said 45,000 attendees, which makes it like big, like the second biggest in the country now or something like that. Which is pretty huge. And I've got to say, it was well done. And especially because they took most of the Jacob Javits Center for the Yeah, I, I think, con. I mean, it definitely felt crowded at times, but I think one of the things we're going to see that as this con evolves is they're going to find better ways to use that space. Um, the show floor definitely got a lot bigger. I mean, they had a lot more vendors, uh, some big name company, uh, licensing companies doing stuff. And just massive artist alley section, which was in the same room as the dealers. They split the room in half, where the front half was the dealer's room, and the back was the artist alley. And there were a lot of artists. It wasn't just like, okay, you have your 20 people there in the corner. No, they're incorporated, and you had rows A to Z. And what would you say, probably 200 tables for artists? At least 200 tables. If it's each row had, we'll say, 10... So actually, like 260. So, yeah. So 260, plus that one section where it isn't the artist alley, but those are the independent uh, comic book artists. Who yeah. They, we don't know why they're at the anime convention, but they're like, okay, you're selling your horse. Your, your, they, they paid for a table. They pay, Exactly. They paid for a table, so they're there. But I like that they had the whole room, even though the one corner was set up for the game room, which I think I know a place where they could rather put the game room instead of having it with the dealer's room because that was a little bit too much. I it, think. it felt like that was like the only place people could sit down like at all during the convention. Like they had the the food vendors kind of in the middle, which Go Go Curry had a booth there, and we'll get into that a bit more. But there wasn't much seating there, and that was that seemed to be a poor choice. It felt like New York Comic Con, but better than New York Comic Con because it wasn't as 
I don't want to say in your face, but it was it was designed a little better, except for the fact that the one flaw that we talked about in the first year is that if you go to one side, it's you have a huge avenue, a huge aisle. Yeah. And then as you go more to your right, it gets smaller and smaller. Yeah. And smaller and smaller. And then eventually by the end, you're like it's a fire hazard. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you put the indus- the big na- industry names right up front so everyone sees it. and Which makes sense. Which was neat to see because, like, Viz Media had a booth, and they barely do any conventions. Like, I like I don't even see them at, like, Otakon, which always amazes me. So they, they showed up. It's because they have their own, that own other convention, uh, that expo, the other one that happens at, during that. Yeah, event. so it's just, it always amazes me. Um, my one kind of complaint is some of these... Booths were give, doing like giveaways or stuff like that, so it led to some traffic jams around the booth. And even if I didn't have any interest in it, if I wasn't there for that, I'd have to take a long way around just to get through. Um, Bluefin Brands, which is kind of Bandai's physical goods booth at conventions now, really has shown up. They had some nice con exclusives. They had. A lot of uh, Gundam 40th Anniversary merchandise. They also had an event that I usually see at New York Comic Con, which was the raffle, which I thought was a nice touch to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and speaking of raffles, we'll get to that in a bit. The, the raffles for the autographs. Yeah. We're going to get to the autographs in a bit. But you had some standout booths. I think that everyone did a good job except, I think, for Vertical Konatra because they didn't have a physical booth. They had... Yeah. Just, it was an artist exploration of Monotogari. Just yeah. beautiful pictures, and you could go in and take a photo. They weren't selling anything, but said, oh, if you go to that other booth over there, they'll sell you the books. And they were yeah. sold out. So it was like, you know we like looking at your stuff, right? Yeah. You'd rather buy from you than from some other guy, like the creepy guy who I'm pretty sure he's going to die on the show floor. Oh, uh, yeah, I know who you mean. <laughs> Because he used to walk around, now he's just sitting there. Yeah. Oh. And he's gotten heavier. Yeah, the, he's he's become a fixture of uh, conventions. Also, he does. I don't think he follows the two, what is it, the two... Uh, the five-two-one rule? Yes, he does not follow. Five hours of sleep, two meals a day, one shower a day. Yeah, I don't think he follows that at all. No. But apparently he pays really well. Hey, he mostly brings in a lot of products. So. He does bring a lot of products. Um, the other person who, on the contrast though, the person who did is Sue from the Discount Manga. Um, uh, I forgot, it's like a Science Fiction Universe? Sci-Fi Continuum. Sci-Fi Continuum. She she was, well one, she's a font of knowledge, you see her everywhere, but she was just like, she explained how she enjoyed this, she likes this con. Also, fun fact, her number one seller for manga is Anime Next. That's, that is really surprising. I think one of the things that's nice about that booth is you can't go there looking for something specific. You kind of have to see what you find. Um, and I, we looked out because we had a couple friends that were also doing it, and they do that discount where the more you buy, the more the bigger the discount. So, like, five of us got together, all found stuff we need, and they let us have the discount as a group purchase. Because you know, Which is a smart move, and that's what I should have done. Also, note... Generally, when we, we talk about con shopping, when we talk about convention shopping, we say wait till Sunday. With that booth, you cannot do that. You have to do it the first yep. day, first 10 minutes. You have to, like, 
scour if, the booth. If there's something stuff. you want, grab it when you see it from there. Because you will never see it again, or it might show up again four years from now, maybe. Yeah. Um, uh, the worst booth I think I saw, the laziest booth, was One Piece booth. And it wasn't because they weren't, they didn't have a banner. It wasn't because they did something. No, it was they took four volumes of their number one or the worst selling and just put it on their shelf and said, it's five bucks, have fun. That's yeah. it. I mean, on the one hand, it's a smart business tactic, but it was like, there is no effort at all. It was just... Yeah. And it was four series that I'm like, really? What if I wanted to buy volume four or five or the new stuff that you're promoting? Nope, we're just having the first of them. You know? Yeah. Um, but it's... I feel like we're having a swing back to some interesting stuff. Like, Otaku Joe has become a really good uh, fixture at a lot of cons because he brings a lot of, like, character goods and, you know, laser discs and, like, uh, LPs from Japan. So if you take some time to browse, you can find some neat stuff. Um, And it's things we didn't have before. Um, And I saw another booth that also had a lot of LPs for sale and, like, movie programs. And... I really had to fight the urge to not drop fifty dollars on a no. There was a lot of program from Nasca. There's some really good booths this year, and hopefully next year they come back and we have some more. But overall, the dealers room, the main quote unquote the main event, you could say, yeah, was well done. It was a decent size and it was well. But I will say this though: the, if we go to a con, there's three things that most people talk about. It's going to be the artist alley slash dealers room. It's going to be the cosplays, and it's the panels. And this panel selection this year was... Uh, it, was it was rough. I'm not going to sugarcoat it too much. Um, like, especially fan-generated panels. A lot of the panel content was there was industry, which is a good focus, on, but you kind of lose something where it feels like every time between... The uh, dealer's room and the, if it's just industry panels, it feels like you're just constantly being tried to sold, be sold something. Um, which is a shame. Or there were some couple of viewings, which wasn't bad, but uh, for the most part, it was a lot of, like, Erica um, Friedman. Friedman was there, so she had her usual stuff. Because if you're a feature panelist, you get stuff. Zach Davison was there, fresh from his insane tour of going to Australia for a week and then getting off the plane to go to New York, which that's crazy on itself. He did his uh, Kabuyo, the Supernatural Cats of Japan panel, which I've seen it's a very good panel. And then you had uh, the guest of honor. The, who, the, the, big, the big guest of honor. Yes, someone who I was, I was surprised came to the East Coast finally, which I was happy for. Yoshiyuki Tomino, creator of Gundam. Last time he came was when it was still New York Anime Fest going on ten years ago. Yes. Um... It was, he was a pretty good guest, like, I rolled my eyes at a lot of, like, the questions I heard in, like, the, kind of his keynote panel, and also when he did a screening of the new Rekka G, uh, uh, first of what will be five movies, like, there were some stupid questions and stuff like that. But that one question in the, in the G Reco, that's something we've wondered about. We've wondered about how they go to the bathroom. Yeah. At least they explained it. But... Like, and he's getting up there in age, so he's not, and he doesn't do many East Coast cons, so there's a lot of people, myself included, that looked at it and said, I'm not, when are we going to get this opportunity to see him again? We got to go. I think where 
the convention could improve, though, is they have people line up at the microphones in the from the audience to ask these questions. Have have a staff member there screening the questions ahead of time, and if someone's trying to tell a story before asking the question, cut it off. Um, just you know, sorry, you know, cut the mic and just keep going. And it sucks that you have to be mean, especially because some of these people are really excited and want to meet their hero, but you got to keep it moving and stuff like that. Like, there was this one guy who wanted to ask a question. He was in the back of the line, and they cut off the questions, and actually he had gotten permission from, like, everyone else to ask his question. I said, sorry, you can't ask. And, it, like, yeah. it, you could see, like, the heartbreak, but... it's And it, that's the hard part about having a really big-name guest. Yeah, it's it's just, it's rough, baby. So I think and, I, and then the whole thing with the autographs, which we said there was an autograph lottery, and it was a clusterfuck. Well... Not clusterfuck. It was rough. It was rough. I mean, lottery is the most fair way to do autographs. That said, there was a couple things I had took issue with. One was they really waited till kind of the last minute to do this thing. Like it's only because a lot of people, if you were coming from far away, especially if you wanted uh, Yoshiyuki Tomino, uh, Jam Project was another uh, big name guest they had. You, if you wanted to see them and maybe get their autograph, you probably had to, you know, wanted to probably book flights or hotel and stuff well in advance. And if you weren't going to get that autograph, why are you going to do it? Why spend that money? That said, um, in my opinion, uh, you should never be going to a convention just for an autograph. And I know that's a big important thing for a lot of people, but it should never be the only thing that you want to do for an autograph uh, for a convention <coughs> no problem um, the other thing I'll say is so they had you fill out a form to get in the lottery they made it very clear you have to put in your real name it has to be the one that matches your photo ID for when you pick up your uh, if you win and everything like that it's not transferable everything like that very clear which good on them that part was great the part that seemed really weird was you had to answer trivia questions about the people who wanted autographs for. And one, like people said, oh, well, this is to prevent like people from, you know, uh, spamming it. Well, there's ways to check to see IP if you address more, yeah, or... or just even just like, oh, well, these entries are all identical. Only one counts or they submitted multiple times. They're disqualified. Um, it just felt like another extra layer. And these were all answers that you could easily Google. And since it was a set form, it wasn't like the order shifted around or anything like that. It was, it just felt very strange to me. Yeah, it, it was just, I heard a lot of people were really upset about it and how they got screwed by it. And then the times were, were kind of off, people missed it. and Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of like, it seems like this, but it is a third year con. Let's give them the third year con. Even though the, 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 it's, the it's showrunner knows yeah. his stuff. So I'm kind of like... Uh, that said, I mean, I did not get uh, Yoshiki Tomino's autograph. I still brought something for him to sign just in case... You know, something that, because I didn't want to be that guy that all of a sudden had the thing, you know, ran into him hallway and he's like, oh, you want an autograph and not have the thing I wanted signed. However, you did get to be within a foot of him. Uh, yes. And let's, I, let's be honest. Um, you got, you got to but, even, but even then, this is one of those things that I think the con could do better. We did, because he's a big name guest, they don't do a lot of one-on-one -on -one interviews. They do kind of press conferences. And what they did this time 
was um, they were going to have two press conferences for him, but he was running late, which I, maybe a scheduling error happened. Who knows? It happens. Um, but they said, okay, well, we'll just roll both of them into one, one session and go a little bit longer. Um, not everyone in the second session knew about it. Found that out, and a couple of our friends yeah. uh, from the Cockpit Podcast didn't even get in the room because they were waiting for the second session to be announced. Uh, and this was a tiny room. This was yeah. The the press room was small, and the the room for the interviews looked really. Small. It was about twice the size of the uh, press office, which is still pretty small. I'm trying to think of a good comparison, like. Maybe four to no five feet by five. Okay. No, no. Um, if you take the footprint of a soccer goal and maybe say one and a half times of that yeah. size, that's the that was the interview room uh, for the the press conference. So we were all crowded in there. I mean, yeah, I got to sit basically across the table from him. I only got to ask one question, but it just it could have been a little bit smoother. Um, and I get it, especially when you're a big convention like that. You're going to get a lot of press applications and stuff like that, but where are the people reviewing your convention and you're talking about the guests? Yeah, you, you should. You need to be, make that a little bit better. I will say this, though. Um, one thing is that when you see a bunch of members of a certain group going into the con in cosplay to be incognito, that's hysterical. I did oh, not get a photo, but it was interesting. Oh, jeez, I missed that. I saw, I saw that, I was like, oh my god, should I, should I, should I do something, should I be a geek? I'm like, no, yeah. they want to be in, incognito, I'm going to shut up now, I'm going to shut up yeah. now. Um, though, like, this con, uh, we keep talking about to me and stuff, but this con has become, has a lot of good Gundam programming in that. It's a good mech, it's, it's a good mech, uh, and it's been a good year for yeah. mech, especially, um, I will say, well, we'll get into some of the other panels quick, because we covered a couple of them, and then we'll get into the cosplays, because that's another thing, but yeah. this is a very big... Mech and I want to say uh, Shonen like uh, Segi yeah Segi Khan and uh, like if they were really scavenger I'd love like have I got to be here or yeah. something it's very Segi that makes sense or does that sound yeah, insane so. it's like I, I'm intrigued I, if they do more Gundam I'll be excited for Gundam if they do some other stuff I would be intrigued by that maybe next year do Ava with four oh. three sorry it's three point oh plus one point yeah. <laughs> Yeah, anyway. Um, but you, you went to the Den... Um, went to a bunch of panels. You went to the... Was the Denpot panel against the, the Yoshiki Tomino... Yes. I saw... Panel. So you got to see their next big announcement, which is also Gundam-related. Yes, it is. It's a huge gun, uh, huge Gundam-relation, which is the man who created Gundam yeah. by Hideki Awada. And he actually wanted Tomino, and they are going to ask Tomino to come in if he, they didn't weren't put apart, which was really depressing. And Denpot's their first year anniversary, and I've got to say... And they even brought up, and some of you were here when we announced this at Otakon, and it was kind of cool to see how far they developed, even though a lot of stuff they had was kind of, eh. I mean, like, they had, like, uh, Heavenly Delusion, Tengoku, Daimyo, Pleasure and Corruption, which apparently is a manga about a group that's starting a, let's be honest, it is a club for S&M in their, <laughs> in their school. There's the girl with the fierce eyes, which apparently when we missed Otakon, there was a poll for it to be like, yeah, they're trying face. to figure out because it's like eventually it's like the girl with Senpakuto eyes, which is one of those things that's like really hard to put into translation. But yeah, uh, Gundam Show, which they call the man who created Gundam, is like this super high stylized 
biography of Tomino and the people who created the original Mobile Suit Gundam series. And it lo- like I have not read it yet, and I'm I, excited I saw some it. of the previews, and th- sign me the hell off. Den- I cannot wait. This is going to be a fun read. It's going to be a great read, and it's another one of Denpa's great releases, because let's be honest, Ed Chavez, despite some of his insane choices for stuff, because there are some things which are like, okay, should we call a police to wretch you at this point? And not because of like it being... This is like really absurd and like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, but he does a good job of choosing a lot of great stuff. Like the big thing that he's choosing that he's pushing for besides fake Grand Order stuff and his Little Leo and Baby Bear's Bakery. Yeah. Two manga which are world-renowned. The rest of the world knows about this, but we don't. And apparently these are bigger than Cheese Sweet Home. And they apparently connect to like regular stores. So like if they get that deal going, yeah, they're going to be a household name. And the big release they had, which some people were really pissed off about, uh, for other reasons, because something happened apparently at the booth, but Kaiji. Yep. Sawazawa. <laughs> what what uh, struck me about Denpa's releases, and uh, full disclosure, you know, I consider Ed a friend, um, is it feels like they're putting out the best possible version they can. Yes, they are. Because, like, Kaiji is an, like... I think it's like three volumes in one and stuff like it's that because it's a, so long. It's a volume. It's from the 80s. It'd be like doing... If he does Hajime no Ippo, then he's the man at that point because it's a long series and I'm surprised he's investing in it. But I hope he goes through it. I hope he gets the spinoffs too. Yeah. Like Akagi and he gets the uh, middle management. Uh, Sonigawa. Yes. Oh, the villain good. of the series. So. Um, um, but yeah, so from there we had... Uh, I covered a couple other panels including the Square Enix panel which... Square Enix panel was kind of cool. A lot of stuff coming out. Um, the big thing is there's a thing, a man and his cat, a uh, high, high score girl, the one which is on Netflix. They're making a manga finally for that. My Dress Up Darling, The Misfits of uh, Demon High School. Suppose a kid from the last dungeon, Boonies, moved to the starter town, which apparently is, he's like amazing, but whatever. Uh, what else? Uh, uh, the Great J Will Not Be Defeated. Uh, Marked for Failure, The World's Greatest Age, Reincarnated for a Do-Over, Beauty and the Feast, which that looks pretty intriguing. And then there's By the Grace of God. that, And then Near Automa, because Near is a thing still, because yeah. why? Fuck that. It, it, it's I still have trouble wrapping my mind around the fact that Square Enix is now a significant manga publisher. They're a good um, manga publisher. But yeah, I just I keep forgetting they exist. Like... A lot of light novels, though. Yeah. Uh, Yen Press is finally doing the Restaurant to Another World manga. Yay! They're doing In the World of Lide. They have one which I'm intrigued by, which is Sadako at the End of the World. Apparently, it's the end of the world. These kids find a videotape, and then Sadako from the rain comes to kill them, but there's no one left, so she's like, uh, what do I do? (laughs) Let's go find people, Sano-chan! Wait, you're becoming friends with the demon? Okay. Again, this seems like an Ed thing, (laughs) but I love it. Um... The other one is High School Prodigies Have It Easy Even in Another World, the manga, and then Carol and Tuesday, which if you haven't watched that, we highly recommend it. Um, you have J Manga Club, which their big thing is all net. My Next Life is Villainous, all rots lead to doom. By the grace of God, sex-styled, my sexist party leader kicked me out, so I learned, so I teamed up with a mystical sorceress. And um, their other big one is... World's Least Interesting Swordsman, the Izakai Rebuilding Project, because apparently now Izakai is in our nomenclature. They don't need to translate it, which is kind of depressing. Uh, the Bibliophile Princess, which is actually J, J Novel's heart label. 
Um, the, they have a new label coming out. They have another label, which is based on Kodansha's Legend label, which is apparently a very like prestigious uh, publication. And that's a lot of things like, uh, like I said, the, uh, the World's Least Interesting Swordsman, Her Majesty's Swarm, which is about a girl transferred to a world where she's in control of spider creatures. And mm. not unlike a certain video game. Not at all. Uh, yeah. And then the economics of prophecy, which apparently makes the guy from How a Realistic Hero Rebuilds the World seem like an idiot. <laughs> it's apparently super economic. But And then you have, last but not least, the thing which I'm interested in. Hitchhiker's Guide to Isekai. It took six Isekai writers that you guys created Dojin Club. And you guys come up with insane things happening. Okay. And then they're releasing this. They're releasing a doujinshi. This sounds super fun. I'm intrigued. J okay. Novel Club, I've been enjoying them. The only thing is some of their works that are ebook only, I want as legitimate yeah. releases. We talked about this in the review of Ascension of a, of a bookworm. I love Ascension of a bookworm, but why wouldn't they release that as a tangible book? Yeah, and I, and I understand pricing, but at some point it's... A little bit harder, so... Yeah. And uh, Kodansha had a lot, an absurd amount of releases, but the big thing is they're talking about how their new month thing is every month they're doing something different because it's their 10-year anniversary. So this month is, so November is all clamp. Oh, of course. And then next month, I think, is Attack on Titan. So you can get the entire Attack on Titan series. Yay. Mm -hmm. But the big thing they're releasing is Magical Night Rare, the full edition. Yay. In their vertical line, they're releasing... Blah. (laughs) She's Sweet Home. And lots of uh, Oe Monogatari. People are reading it, I guess. Yeah, they are. I'm just like... The only thing that really I was like, yay, with... For Kodansha was, uh, well, there's a couple things I was interested in. I was posting it all, but we'll see where they go. And then Viz released, what was Viz's thing? Their big thing was the last Sayuki, and then Hellwar and Higuma. Hmm. Yeah, there's a couple, and there's a real, uh, oh yeah, and uh, Junji Ito's Venus in the Blind Spot was in real manga. I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying more and more Junji Ito stuff coming out, so I'm... I've noticed I've I've been going to Junjito for I need a quick hit of something like especially where a lot of the stuff is short stories. Yeah. So it's like okay, need one or two stories and I can go to bed. Which yes, reading horror before bed—that's a decision I decide to make. Read his cat his cat book. It's amazing. Yeah. When you review it, it's just absurd. Also, we are excited. Uh, I'm excited to see Uzumagi. I am very curious about that. the The teaser I saw looks like it's. Like artistically, going to be very interesting. I I have opinions on Uzumaki that like how it's told as a story, but I just want to see how how it goes visually. And I think if it gets more people checking out Junji Ito, I'm okay with that because I think that's something worth checking out. I hope they fix a lot of the issues it had, and they, but they don't go the route of the live action movie. Less said, the better. Mm-hmm. But we're gonna have to wait and see. Now, um, what else was there? Um, the other thing, big events were there was Gogo Curry, which yeah. So just talking about some of the panels. Um, so Gogo Curry had a booth there, and they were they had a line pretty much the entire time they were there. They had to redo the tape on the floor to can kind of control their line, but they kept moving pretty quickly. I saw a lot of people smartened up and like 
one person would be the person waiting in line and would buy like four bowls of curry for all their friends while they took care of other stuff. That's, <coughs> that's the trick. But the people running the panel were like their event coordinator and I forget what her official position was, but I think it's like a social media coordinator now. They both started as cashiers and moved up with the company. So I think that's pretty awesome. Um, they were they were really fun. Yep. Okay, and they just they were very enthusiastic. They provided examples of how gogo curry, like they talked about what makes their style of curry both Japanese and unique to the region it comes from, and they brought up like stories of how it is in Japan and like or rather in manga and anime. And there was a couple of, here's the time they got our permission and put us in an episode of something. Here's the time they didn't get our permission but still put us in an episode of something. And things like that. That's kind of cool. It's a shame I missed that. I was in another panel. I forgot what I was in. Yeah, the panel rooms were like a lot of the, it was like basically a fan panel room, so it felt a little small. Yeah, it was a really long room. It's like more rectangular than square, so it was a little hard to see it in. My one criticism there is a lot of these rooms, they put the projector in the center near the aisle, which a lot of cons do, but it was so low to the floor that anytime someone was leaving before the panel yeah, was done, they were stepping in front of the projector. Yeah, a lot of them were in the wrong spot. The only room that they got the good projector, the good room for, was Viz for their Dr. Stone panel, which no one could get into yeah. unless you're a crazy person. Yeah, like they had their big, the, the con had the big special events room, which filled up for everything and you had to wait in line for for a lot of stuff. Yeah, Boichi was there and I know that if I would have gotten an interview with him I'd be like, hey, I just gotta ask, what were you thinking when you made Hotel uh, 21-23? Because that was a stupid freaking manga. He's like, (laughs) you read that? I'm like, yeah, I did. It's What were you thinking? So, of course, and then the last thing I saw in the panel rooms where you and I went to the uh, Screenings. The screening for uh, Lupin the Third Goodbye Partner, uh, the English dub for Fair, which the cast know what they're doing at their point. They do a good job. I don't think there's a release date for this for like physical media. They announced at the uh, right before the screening that it came out last week. It was coming out the next day, yep. uh, so uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but one of the reasons you and I went to that panel is because we didn't dare try to get in line for. The big premiere of Weathering With You, the new Makoto Shinkai movie. No, that was, that line was, we took pictures of it. Yeah. And it was an insanely long line, but also the antics of the crowd were kind of weird, because I was like, we heard chantings of various sorts of things, and you hear that at most cons, but when they start saying stuff which is like, that's not what most Makoto Shinkai fans would be saying. Yeah. You're like, it was it was a little strange, and I get you know when you're in line you get a little crazy. But that's even more crazy. Um, there were some other feature films. There was the Kanasuba OVA, which I could have snuck into seeing in the theater a couple weeks ago, but I didn't. There's the Code Geass Lelouch of the Resurrection, where he comes back yeah. from the dead because reasons. Because Code Geass made money for Sunrise. <laughs> it was it was a mecha series that made money for Sunrise that isn't Gundam. <laughs> And it's the same thing of, but the story's done. You're going to make more Kogi hits. Uh, yep. You know, I'm not made of stone. They don't money. I trust in my house full of money. But 
It's, I mean, it was, I, I heard it described as, and maybe you, you said this, it was the epitome of the getting the band back together for one last score yes. anime movie. Yes, and they did something really clever, which was that uh, they switched colors a little bit. Like, Jigen is in the Loop in the Third Goodbye Partner, which I'm going to do a review oh, yeah. for. Definitely. Uh, Jigen is wearing Lupin's green green jacket with the yellow tie and the black shirt, which is really cool. And then Lupin is, first he's wearing the blue jacket, then he's wearing the red jacket, and then something happens and he ends up wearing a new jacket, which is black, and yeah. he's like, this is too boring for me. It's like, shut up, it's all you get. Yeah. And it gets even more convoluted. The third act is the a little weird. The third act weak. is a little weird. And my my opinion on it is, at this point, with, like, Lupin specials, like, because I think this is just one of the specials, not, like, the feature film, like, no, that's Greystone and stuff. That's, uh, yeah. You, you know what you're getting. And if you're going in expecting to be surprised or something really different, you're going to the wrong place. And... I don't mind that I that it's kind of by the numbers. I know what I'm getting. Are they gonna win? Is the bad guy gonna get their comeuppance? Is any gonna get it? Gonna get into mischief and probably have to go after the bigger bad guy than Lupin? Yes, and I'm okay with that. That opening was very different, though. Uh, yeah, the, but I will say that that, that that nice little twist at the end. That twist, I'm intrigued by, and I wonder if that's gonna come play later. Yeah. In another movie, which would be cool. So, um, but, um, so we had that, and the other big thing was, um, cosplays and besides the movie. So we did that. Last thing is cosplays, and first off, the meetup area, they really need to fix that. Yeah, because it's that in the was middle of the front doors. There's not a really good place to set up your group. You just kind of all mill about together. And there were people who were there who were setting up their own cosplays while the meetups were going on, and there was. It was conflicting points. Yeah. Um, the, you need to give it a better area, and I don't know where that is just yet. You need someone to control the area, even if it's just a dedicated staff. Like, these were officially sanctioned, like, people applied for these photo shoots. Um, so, I don't know. They just, it was, it was a bad, it's, the shoots were good, the, loca- or the, the location was bad. Yeah, um, some people were complaining that the shoot's like, oh, my, my shoot wasn't able to go, but this one, I was like, really? You're going to complain about this group? Yeah. This group was more organized than this other group. Yeah. Um, that said, um, I did the Gundam photo shoot. I brought back my uh, Tamara costume. Yes, I have photos, which will be in this in this, uh, in this um, But <laughs> the thing I really stood out to me was this was a really... It was nice to see how much Gundam has changed, because Universal Century was... Definitely the primary style Gundam for the costumes, but there was no elitism. Everyone, no one cared if you were from a different Gundam series or a thing like that or whatever. Everyone was just like, hey, you're a Gundam fan who is in costume too. Cool. You're part of us. And everyone jamming to the original theme and uh, yeah. the theme from, I think that was Zeta? Uh, they were doing that and they had Zeta. And just everyone was super <laughs> nice to each other. Um, I want to give a shout out to. I'm. Blanket on uh, Manapocalypse, the person who organized the Gun and Show, because it was just so well done and really, really made sure everyone felt included, which was awesome to see. Um, there was someone doing Caroso from 
Gundam F91, which I have never seen anybody cosplay Karasa, which was awesome. He did a good job doing it. His, his, his Iron Mask was perfect. Um, and just, it was so refreshing to see because 10 years ago, I think, you know, 10 years ago, we would have had a little bit of elitism, like just, oh, only Universal Century Gundam is good. And before that, it was only really the Gundam Wing fans. Not everyone knew. Yeah. And now it's just, everyone was just a Gundam fan. We were all together. Gundam has evolved into the right way for the fandoms, I think, in the United States. But And it was, yeah, so I, that, that really lifted my spirits, and that really made me feel good. I will say I was surprised to see the Gundam Wing group. I'm pretty sure that they were, that was coordinated. That wasn't like... Oh, yeah, they, they, they were all together. They, just five random people, each one pictures, no one ever dresses as Wu-Fang. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, most hated of all the Gundam Wing. The Relina I was shocked at, though. I didn't expect the Relina. Yeah. Uh, so, who else was there that was for the wing? It was um, was it? Uh, there was a Zex. There was Zex. I don't think the Zex was with that group, but just showed up anyway. Um, and it, again, the space was not that great, but the people there were. There. Of course, the other reason that space wasn't good was it was right at the top of the escalators to go where they had the panels, the panel rooms, and so it created you know traffic jams and stuff like that. Um, you had uh, you had. Um, this year, um, there wasn't a very dominant uh, cosplay. The big ones were obviously Demon Slayer. Um, even though Dr. Sloan is, Stone is the big thing, there was like five Dr. Stone people total. That was it, I saw. It was Demon uh, Slayer and My Hero Academia. Yes. And, and I think it's the death of the, the, the ninjas with the, the stupid run. I think they're finally yeah. dying off. Well, and I think... Uh, My Hero Academia, I notice it more because I know more of it now, but those costumes are so varied that you, you don't realize that all these are different ones, so... Yeah, and they're, they're very intricate and very well done. There were some clever cosplays, though. There was one girl who made an entire dress out of Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Yep. Which I was like, I was like, how long did it take? Like, nine hours. I was like, good on you. Nine, nine hours well spent, yeah. Nine hours well spent. There was no cheap... I didn't see any cheap, like, Gundam box people. I didn't see yeah. that. Or I, this is my cosplay. None of that. Um, there were some really good cosplays, some really bad cosplays. The worst one, I think, was just... It was just no effort to, like, a, a one-punch man where they didn't shave their head type thing. Yeah. I think... And I think a lot of that is... Because there weren't... There's not really any hotels connected... To the Javits, if you're doing a costume, you're going to be committed to it. You, you, you're going to really bring your A game. You're not going to just do some, try something along. Very true. Also, one thing I was happy with, the the anime cosplay to superhero cosplay was surprisingly very low. Mm-hmm. There was like 90, 90% anime cosplay, which I was very happy with. It was like, it's like 50% superheroes. I was like, no, it's anime yeah and i was like okay this is a cool convention and i think it's because uh uh new york comic-con was only a couple weeks prior yeah things like that and i think it's just they want to make this the an anime thing so definitely and so overall this is a great convention um out of the year i think this is rated in the top three well for me i've only gone three conventions so it's gotta be the top three but i i, I left feeling pretty good about it 
I like that this is kind of the last con of the year. I'm still getting a little nervous. I'm really worried that this is going to turn into Anime Expo East Coast, um, which I don't want. I don't want what the experience I had two years ago to be lightning in a bottle. Um, but I think there's ways that they can keep him, you know, kind of keep getting more attendees there. Um, and there's things that they can do to still make this a really good con for attendees interacting with each other. And I mean, I'll just, I guess I'll just say it. I think the thing they really need to double down and really push is get more fan-generated programming, panels and stuff like that. Yes, get and get more besides fan panels. But that was a complaint from last year was more fan panels. Just do that, and I think you'll be a top-notch con, and you'll match it. People are saying you're better than New York Comic Con because you are you where you are. Stick, keep this up. Just stick the landing. You're at a great con. Your refreshing con, which I enjoyed, it yeah. wasn't like you feel burnt out after a lot of cons, and this one you felt energized, yeah. and you felt good afterwards. It was like even though it was like kind of you're a little tired, you're still kind of like you got that con high with this one. Yeah, um, and it's it gets all the other reason to do stuff like that is it gives people more things to sit down and you know you know get butts in seats, so to speak. Which versus just, oh, well, nothing else is going on, or the one thing I was considering doing is full up, guess I'll just wander to the dealers for more. No, there's more options and things like that. And it'll give you a better uh, attitude, and a lot of people will enjoy it more. Also, one thing is, I think that move that upper area, this is move artist selling, no, put the game room up there. Uh, where it was on that top floor, kind of up in the escalator. Yeah. Uh, the first year, yeah. Put the game room up there, and I think, I mean, yeah, it's put the game nerds up there, but, you know, it'll give them more room to play. Yep. And it'll feel a little better, and won't be, like, you know, crazy and weird. Even though, oh, we didn't even talk about the Matsuri, which I, but we didn't really go to oh, that. Oh, the, uh, the Atlantis Matsuri, yeah. I've heard mixed reviews about it. Some people really enjoyed it, some people hated it. The thing I've heard mo- from the most is... It was a very mixed group of artists, and some people were there for only one artist, and so the other one part of the, parts of the concert felt very weird. But when they were there for the artist they wanted to see, um, I'll use the example of Jam Project, which were kind of the ones at the end. The people were very if that Jam Project was who you were excited for, Jam Project put on a good show. Um, but there was very few people that were there. For the entire lineup. I heard people left after their person left. Yeah. And I heard some other issues with some of the other events they worked with. Like, the people for Guilty Kiss, one of them was legit, did a whole monologue before the masquerade. There was a whole clusterfuck with that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, if you went to Anime NYC, let us know what you guys think. If you agree with us. I think this is a great con. I think it should still go. Like we said, that's our notes for it. Unless, don't you think? Um, I think we've we've covered everything, right? And if you want to see my other con report, you can just check out, check me out. Uh, it'll be on AnimeCons.tv. And I'll see your interview. Um, maybe. Maybe? Maybe. Up in the air? Okay. Up in the air. Well, yeah, and so we'll see what the cons are going to be for next year. I will let you guys know. And um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we're out of here. And uh, keep going to cons. And um, I will talk to you guys again. I don't know what con is before Anime Boston, so I think Anime Boston is the next one for me. For you also, right? I think so. Yep, so we'll talk to you guys after Anime Boston. 
for this kind of view. I'm Zan. I'm Gonzo. See ya.